0: Feel like sometimes life is really mental dude that's actually a really good name for a podcast <laughs> <laughs> Even when you lose all hope you go deeper than you've gone Hold on till you can't no more really
1: Have you guys ever like walk down the street and like someone says I like your shirt It's so simple and so like just quick and it just makes your day. it's just so easy.
0: Hey everyone, welcome to the Really Mental podcast where we want you to know no matter who you are, you're not alone. I hope you like this podcast with Kia Sir. We're really excited to get into this topic of relationships with him. If you've listened to us before and enjoy this, please make sure to follow, like, and subscribe us on all our socials at Really Mental Podcast. And again, if you enjoy this chat, make sure to rate it five stars. It really helps us out a lot. Harrison, When it comes to a healthy relationship, intimate, friend, business even, what does healthy look like to you?
2: I think a healthy relationship to me is one where it's kind of balanced in a sense. Like you're able to freely communicate to the person how you're feeling and you're able to freely get their own view on you as well back. Like you, it's a give and take and you both feel free to share your thoughts and it's an open relationship where you don't feel scared to kind of like voice your opinion. I think that's the biggest thing for me, is that ability to be able to communicate and feel like your values and morals are aligned. Because at the end of the day, how can you be friends with someone who you don't feel like you could be your true self with and you don't feel like you can communicate what you truly believe with? What about you, Will?
0: Yeah, I think those are all really good points. I think that's important. And then so trust, trust is really important to be able to place your faith in someone that they're going to do the right thing by you. I think for me as well, like when someone thinks of me, like that's a really good sign that, you know, we're both giving to the relationship because I think I tend to really try, think of people that I care about and reach out, whether that's with a message or a call. So of course life gets busy, both giving that to the relationship is really important because it shows that you care. And then I just think like respect is huge. Like I know for me, I think that, once there's no respect for the other person, like there's literally nothing that I feel like I can do at that point because that has to be the baseline at all times. And so even when like you inevitably have those moments where it's tougher or you have to work through a conflict, having respect is really important and sort of not taking the other person's dignity away. I just feel once it gets to that point, it's hard to to bring things back. So with that in mind, I'm really excited to hear what, you know, how Kia approaches relationships and learn more about, you know, his journey. I hope you're all excited to hear what Kia has to say. Let's get into it. Let's welcome him on to The Really Mental Show. Hey, everyone. We have a Really Mental show on the Amazon Amp app. We're going to be hosting live conversations with some of your favorite guests, including some of the ones on here. Make sure you go follow us on the Amazon Amp app at Really Mental, and we want you to know that no matter who you are, you're not alone. Hopefully, we'll see you on Amazon Amp at 7 p.m. PT, 10 p.m. ET every Sunday. All right. See you then, beautiful human. So for people who don't know you, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? I'm Kios here. I'm an influencer. I am big on TikTok a few years ago.
1: Now I do this for a living.
2: And I know we wanted to talk about relationships today. And I wanted to ask straight away, what does the word and being in a relationship mean to you?
1: Being in a relationship? I guess when you think about traveling or accomplishing goals, A relationship is about who that person you want to be there with you is. You know, sometimes it doesn't even be like a relationship. It could be like a friendship. But that's what I view like a relationship as. If there's like one person you'd want to be doing things with, that's what a relationship
2: is. You know, what makes up like a healthy relationship in your eyes, both being platonic and also like romantic?
1: Whatever both parties deems. As acceptable and good is what I think will build healthy relationships on both fronts. Because one person could be okay with, let's say, you know, their friend just walking into their house whenever they wanted to, you know, because that's the level of like trust they have. But some people would be like, "This person's a fucking creep if they just walked into their house out of nowhere," you know. So I think that's the best way I can I can explain it, is that a healthy relationship, for platonic or romantic, is whatever both parts are comfortable with. It's like because no, it's like there's no one size fits all.
0: It's always going to be specific for for everybody. Sounds like trust too is sort of like what I got from that as well, right? Like it's important to build that trust. How do you find the right people to surround yourself with in life? There's no like bread and butter or like old faithful when it comes to finding those
1: types of things, kind of trial and error. And just also kind of feeling it out with somebody you meet. I have friends that I don't fully trust, you know, like it's just the way it is. There's some people that you consider a good or close friend, but you don't trust them past a certain point. And then there are friends who you, you know, would like trust with your life. It's just like, there's just no easy way out with those types of things. It's just very much trial and error.
2: How do you set healthy boundaries for both romantic relationships and platonic friendships? Communication.
1: No one's going to be able to read your mind, male, female, or or other, you know, there's just like, no one is going to know what you're thinking. So that's why communication is so important. It's like, if you don't feel comfortable doing something, the other person might not know at all. How can you expect them to? Or like, if you want someone to do something, you can't expect them just to get to like, understand it. Some people, some people are good at that. They know what other people want or don't. But if you don't communicate it, how can you expect someone to know? It's unfair to expect someone to just read your mind.
0: Yeah. When is the point that you started to realize that for yourself? Do you feel like you've been someone who's been able to sort of communicate well to people or is that skill you've worked on later? I had to work on it. I wasn't always the best at communicating. I definitely
1: got better at communicating, funny enough, after being big on social media. It's something I still have to work on, but I'm definitely better now than I was three years ago at communicating. There's never been a big moment for me. It's always been a bunch of small ones. It's like when a group of friends hang out and you weren't invited and you're a little upset about it, even though knowing you would have not gone, it's still nice to get the invite. You know, that type of mindset where it's like, they're not going to know to invite you to those types of things if you don't say something about it, you know? And if they didn't want to invite you because they don't want to invite you to
0: things, are they really your friends? It's like, if you don't communicate, you're never going to learn You mentioned before that period of, you know, growing and getting really big on social media actually helped you communicate a lot better as well. What about that time helps you to sort of learn to communicate better?
1: I was from like a smallish town in Washington. My people skills were very much localized. People who have never traveled, they're kind of like this, you know? And I I was never really this until social media, because I was forced to interact with people like new people almost every single day to retain a lot of friendships and retain contact. You have to communicate with people. And, you know, that was something that I've learned throughout three years of this is that if I don't communicate, I'm not going to get contacts. I'm not going to retain friends. It's it's very hard. So it's like, I guess there's no specific period, but just kind of a whole three years as a whole.
0: Yeah, for sure. I could imagine how hard that would have been to sort of move. And it's also hard to keep in contact with people that, you know, are at the place that you're leaving. How has that process been for you? Have you found that like, it's sort of hard to relate to some of the people back home or or those people that you keep close?
1: I say I'm very blessed. I think I was very blessed to have a small group of friends back home. So it wasn't hard to really keep that. At the same time, Even when I lived there, they were the type of friends where I was never having to communicate 24-7 every single day to retain that friendship. So it makes my job easier knowing that I still have those friends I can talk to whenever I want back home. Like I fly back, I can hang with them, I can call them, text them, whatever. So yeah, but for everyone else, you know, I say everyone else being like, I call them background characters because everybody has background characters in their life. Like there's people that you know and consider a friend, but not like someone that you, not someone that you would write about. If you were to have a journal about your life, it's just like, I call background character,
0: the side characters,
1: the side characters. Yeah. You know, like I don't keep a lot in contact with a lot of them because a, that we were never close when I was back home. B, none of them know what it's like to be doing what I'm doing because they don't have that level of trust and intimacy with me where I I tell them those types of things. So I only really keep in contact with the people I was really close with back home. Everyone else has gone to college. They're working. Or they just stay the same. It's like, they're all doing their own things.
2: For the people that you like do keep in contact with and are like your main characters and people that are in your life permanently, do they understand what you're doing and social media and stuff? Like, did did you have to explain to them how it works and stuff like that? Like, what was the relationship and how did the relationship change after you kind of got big on social media?
1: In the being friends aspect, it didn't really change much. When I explained what I do, they were kind of like, what? Because of course, like if someone tells you they're going to get paid a massive amount of money to just post on an app, obviously everyone's going to go, excuse me. Like it's it's that type of like, you're getting paid how much to do that. But to them, it was just kind of like, oh, that was a surprise. And it's like, whatever. My parents, they understood it also on the same level. Like, why are you getting paid that much to to just post that? It makes no sense. But you know, it wasn't really that hard to explain. Being an influencer, the main source of income is you are basically a walking advertisement all the time. That's basically the entire job. You're just a walking advertisement. But I don't really explain it to people that I'm not close with, but that was my experience with the people I was close with.
0: And in terms of your parents, were they super supportive? Because we have some, you know, creators, musicians on that. It's tough to maybe help the parents see that it actually can be a proper career but you are you know proof that it can be so what was that process like with them did they get it straight away or
1: yeah my parents were never really pushy about what they wanted me to be like of course my mom being Asian she wanted me to go to college be a doctor that type of stuff but she was never like tiger mom like you have to do it you know she was tiger mom to an extent but never forceful of what she wanted me to do any parent once they see like an income for anything they kind of they kind of understand you know it's like okay they're making money once they see what that they can sustain themselves like man i live like i've moved out you know i'm I'm not going to college i've moved out like i have a high school diploma and i'm making more money than a lot of people after college you know with no debt so it's like they get it they're like okay even if they don't fully understand why they know at least like i'm doing fine
2: i wanted to go back to romantic relationships specifically A lot of people are looking for relationships and partners and stuff like that. What would you say to people that is the most important things to give to your partner in a romantic relationship?
1: I guess just knowing the basis of the relationship and knowing your roles. For example, if you meet someone, it also depends on on where the relationship was built upon. Me and my girlfriend, we met at a random dinner with our friends. It was just like met her through a friend of a friend. And then it took off from there. We both do social media. It was great. We both know that our relationship started out. At this dinner, we uh, we built it upon social media. And now it's like, we're a social media couple. Like we know that our relationship is very much public and everyone knows about it, you know, because that's our, comes with the territory of being an influencer. Everyone is in your business. But we know what we give to each other. We know what we offer. So it's like, it's not, it's not really what should you give. It's knowing what you give to the other person. If you're not sure what it is, you're you're like giving the other person in a relationship. I don't think you should be in a relationship. If you don't know what you bring to the table, how can you expect them to bring anything? You know, it's like it's very much you, you can't expect anything out of someone else if you don't know what
0: they expect of you. I feel like for people our age, it's like I feel like there's a lot more of a culture of sort of shorter term like flings and stuff. In terms of like being in a stable, long-term relationship, what do you feel like some of the benefits are of having that person with you as a partner for your life?
1: The benefits like are a feeling of, gen- of like general safety, security, you know? You don't get that in those short-term things. It's kind of like hookup culture has normalized the idea that cheating is normal, talking to mul- multiple people at once is normal, not fully giving yourself to someone is normal. Like That's what hookup culture has romanticize is the idea of being with multiple people but i mean i'm not saying it's wrong but if you go into a relationship you should know is it going to be short-term or long-term what you would expect because it's obviously going to butt heads if one is expecting long-term one's expecting short-term when you've been with someone for a very long time and it's been very healthy it, it heals a lot of trauma doesn't create any new ones unless the relationship is abusive which hopefully it's not but you know it's just like when you're in a healthy stable long-term relationship You just feel secure and you're not constantly putting on an act to get approval of other people because you have that one person who doesn't expect that of you. They just expect you to be there, you know?
2: I think it was really interesting what you said about hookup culture and like normalizing cheating. I think that the other part as well is like if you are of the view that you need to be loyal to someone and stuff like that, I feel like sometimes people can also come back with the idea of, oh, that's too traditional and kind of smash it down sometimes now because everyone wants to be this free person, which isn't a bad thing. I just think it really depends on what you want. And if you're going into something, you both parties should be very clear as to what they're looking for and communicate that so no one is confused because at the end of the day, why would you want to hurt someone's feelings and make them feel worthless by doing something that could hurt them?
1: Yeah. It's like, again, it boils down to communication because let's say you're with someone who doesn't want a monogamous relationship, but they do want a relationship with you. Then, you know, that's something you can talk about because like, for example, let's say a guy is talking to a girl and she doesn't want to only be seeing him physically, but she wants to be with him emotionally. If there's no communication, that's where he gets hurt. And she's like, well, what did I, do you know what I mean? It's like, if you don't communicate that, you're never going to know. And again, it's not like bad if you don't want to have that sense of like, I have to be loyal to someone. It's just that the part where it becomes wrong is if it's not communicated and you're causing and you're hurting someone else because you refuse to communicate that you just don't want that.
2: Yeah. And I think the person who's on the other side as well needs to make sure that they're holding their boundaries really strong as well and communicating what they want. And if they don't want that, they need to be strong enough to say that they don't want that and really communicate that. Because I think that's also a hard part on the other side for people to say, hey, I'm not comfortable with that. Because then that's the confrontation and makes people feel vulnerable as well. And I think that's an important thing for people to remember and to realize when going into things, new relationships especially.
1: If you're giving up a lot of your morals and a lot of your commandments, where it's like if you are questioning your own commandments in your own head, like your morals and stuff, it's it's not something you should really be doing because if if that's where it becomes unhealthy, you're so afraid of losing this person that you won't communicate your own morals and your own what you're comfortable with. You're sabotaging yourself. It's like going into a football game wearing Gucci slides. Like you're you're not going to do well. You know, like you can do it you're not going to do it very well.
0: I think it's a really good point. And in terms of like, I feel sometimes when we give up ground or as we were talking about, flex our morals, sometimes it can be from a place of not wanting to be alone. And I feel like that's another part of our generation that has sort of come from this like hookup culture as well. Do you guys ever feel like, you know, there's people around you or have you ever experienced a time when, you like were in a relationship because you didn't want to be alone?
1: Oh, yeah. It was actually the girl I was talking to before I met my girlfriend, Amanda. I had just gotten out of a relationship with my girlfriend prior. And I have an unhealthy habit of latching on to some things emotionally once I'm emotionally vulnerable. And this person was that like emotional attachment. And I don't want to bow mouth this person, but they did take advantage of me while I was emotionally vulnerable and they took advantage of that emotional attachment that I had. A lot of people from the outside could see what was happening, and they would tell me or try to, and out of the fear of not wanting to be alone. Very tunnel vision when you're having that mindset. But I do know what it's like, and it's tough. It sucks.
2: Yeah, I think loneliness is one of like the hardest emotions. I've been the same where I've caught myself, and I've realized later on I've just been around someone just for the fact that I was really emotionally vulnerable and I was lonely. I think the hard part is trying to bring yourself back before you get into that state as well. Like even after a breakup, remembering you need time because I think time is really important and time to yourself after a relationship if you're going through a breakup is really important as well. And that's what I realized. Just time by myself, just to chill out, hang out with my friends, just do the things I love like that I liked doing before the relationship as well or like doing separately or like taking myself out in a weird way, dating myself. If that makes sense, like taking myself yeah. out to lunch or like, you know what I mean? I don't know if that, that sounds weird, but like that would kind of be the way that I would explain it is like date yourself after a relationship. If, if you, if you're going to break up and end something and deal with it,
0: I think that's good advice. Kid, do you have anything you want to add on for that person that wants to hop back into another relationship because they feel alone? Don't <laughs>
1: because. You might end up getting hurt more. You might end up hurting that person. You might end up hurting other people. It's just not a good idea. Imagine you're looking at a reflection of yourself in, in water. You know, when water's still room temperature, like you see it very clearly. But when it's boiling, you can't see yourself clearly. And that's kind of the mindset when you're very emotionally charged and very, like that's the best way I can describe it as emotionally charged. You're, you're like, it's bubbling, you know, like it's not still, it's not clear. You make poor decisions in that state.
0: I love that. Reference. I haven't heard that before, but I think it's a really good one because, you know, you hear people talk about seeing yourself in the mirror, but the water is a perfect example because it shows how like we can get so caught up in our emotions in terms of having the blinders on at certain points in a relationship for whatever reason that may be and sort of just giving your all into something. Is that something you've worked on now? Or do you still think that's sort of like a, an okay thing to do to commit to a relationship?
1: I'm of the belief that relationships are all about compromise. There's never going to be someone, I mean, if you find them, you're just better than all of us, I guess. But you're never going to find someone that's like perfect in every single thing. Like you're going to disagree on some things. You have to compromise, but compromise is not an excuse for being like turning a blind eye to a lot of things that are red flags or like things you're not okay with. Because someone else might be okay with these things. But if it bothers you now and you're going to turn a blind eye to it, it might come out of nowhere, like in a year, two, five, 10, 20, you know, it might suddenly be a problem. And that's because you turned a blind eye to it. So I do believe that relationships are about compromise, but compromise is not an excuse to turn a blind eye to things.
2: When you say compromise, how can someone kind of know what to compromise on and what not? If you were to like give an example, because there's some things that are just like, no, I'm not compromising on that. Or is it just more of a conversation that you should have with your partner?
1: It should be definitely a conversation because again, not one size fits all. It's very much everybody's different. But an example I use is like let's say there's a girl and she has guy friends that, you know, she's always texting while she's with someone else. A good compromise that I told friends as as advice who, you know, are dating this girl, I say like that guy friend is, is so very important to like be involved in their life. It should never be like her friend. Like if that person's important, it should be their friend, like the, the relation, the couple's friend. And if the guy just isn't comfortable with that friend, then it's, it should never be an ultimatum, but sometimes ultimatums are like the only thing there is. It's like, who's more important to you to keep? So again, compromise, don't turn a blind eye, but. There's a lot of ways you can compromise things without turning a blind eye. But again, it's also the, your own morals and your own, again, commandments where it's like you should not compromise your own morals and beliefs because that's, again, where the problems like reside. Because then you're like, okay, if I compromise on this thing, maybe I can compromise on, on this other thing, which is also very important. It just keeps going. It's kind of saying you give them an inch, they'll take a mile. You know, You just got to know where the stop is. But anything before that is like where the compromise has to take place.
0: I love that. It's, it's true. I want to bring us into a segment we do. It's a fast fire mental health questions. It doesn't have to be fast, but just the first thing that comes to your mind. Harry, do you want to kick us off with our segment?
2: First thing off is what is your favorite thing about being in a relationship? Security.
1: You know, having that emotional, physical, just security. It's nice. It's it's very
0: calming. And stabilizing too.
1: I can imagine. yeah.
0: That's a good word, stabilizing. You know, it's very stable. It's great. If you could change or work on one thing in your life at the moment, what would it be? My work ethic. Sometimes I feel like I'm too lazy.
2: The next question is, are you happy?
1: Um, solid seven out of 10. So I would say 70% is passing. Yes, happy.
0: 70%, we can give that a solid B+. plus. When was the last time you felt really loved? Oh, now, like three minutes ago.
1: Again, when you're with someone in a long-term relationship, if they're not making you feel loved twenty-four-seven, that's a problem. But like, oh, that's great when it's healthy. Like five minutes ago, you know.
2: And what is something you wish people told each other more often?
1: But I guess everyone likes to hear like something they appreciate about someone. Like for example, Amanda, she does a really good job of this. She compliments people like all the time, and it's just kind of like she doesn't try to; she just does it so often. It's like muscle. It's like muscle memory yeah. to like say it. Yeah, like we took, we we took photos with a photographer today and she called him like a genius, just like something she likes about them or like something she, they're doing. That's just, she compliments. I, I think people should compliment other people more. It shouldn't be viewed as weird.
0: Yeah. It is like a muscle too, isn't it? It's is something that I feel like is so foreign at the start and uncomfortable, but you can get used to it and enjoy it. Have you guys ever like walked down the street and
1: like someone says, I like your shirt. It's so simple. And so like just quick and it just, and it just makes your day. It's just so easy.
0: I know. It's so easy. Fighting in
2: relationships is actually quite important. And because you get to understand each other and really deal with the issues like front on, like how can people in relationships fight effectively and kind of confront each other? Cause it's, it's inevitable. Like you're going to fight, like how can you do it the best way possible?
1: Yeah. I think arguments are like an essential part of a relationship because that's how you guys get closer you know, like the bigger the problem, if you guys get past that problem, the stronger the relationship will get. I've learned to argue with very like calm demeanors. Like I don't, I don't argue in like a screaming manner. I'm just like, I'm just very intellectual with it. I, I would say I'm very like, I just ask questions because if someone asks you like, why are you shouting? Like, what, like think about like, why are you shouting? You say like, because you did this. And they're like, okay, like, I'm sorry. Like I'll do that better. And then it's like, oh, okay. It's It's again, communication. Cause like if someone's angry at you and you ask them, why are they upset? It's so much easier than you just arguing the point of like, well, you didn't do this. Or like, well, what the fuck? You didn't do this. It's like, why are you mad at me right now? It's like, because you didn't do this. I'm like, I won't do it again. they're just like, okay. And then then they're kind of like fumbling. They're like, (laughs) you know, don't be prideful in an argument. If if you know that the other person is more right than you are in the argument, don't be prideful. Don't be annoying. Just don't be that person. (laughs) Just accept that you are incorrect. Just accept that you... That you're not always correct.
0: (laughs) Yes. Acceptance. That's a huge thing. And also recognizing when to put the ego away, which we all have. And I think ego is just awareness, but it's just knowing when to...
1: Yeah. Because there's no self-improvement if you only ever care by your ego. Yes. There's going to be no self-improvement.
0: Exactly. In terms of the next 12 months, to give us an idea of where you want to be, what does a great 12 months look like for you in terms of your work? So including your acting. And also your mental health. What I was about
1: to say just acting. Um <laughs> oh, I love acting. I did my, I had the joy and pleasure doing my first movie this year in February. And I very much am happy to like f- figure out what I love doing early on. Um, I, I very much love, enjoy acting, being on set the whole process. So the best 12 months is to be as in as many things as possible, be on set as long as I can be because... Someone who, who loves what they're doing will never work a day in their life. That, that's a very happy 12 months for me is acting.
2: And what is one thing you'd want to work on when it comes to relationships?
1: The ego thing. You know, I can still work on my ego sometimes. Everybody can work on their ego because at the end of the day, everybody is very prideful. I don't care who you are. Everybody's very egotistical. And so in the argument, even if you're in the wrong, you're going to like figure out a way to, to like spin it. So you're not wrong. You're, you're, the, you're the correct one in scenario. So I need to work on that. I need to work on being less prideful, having less of an ego.
0: I think I think I can continue to work on that as well. We're, you know, we're the center of our worlds. We spend all of our time in our bodies. So that means we can focus so much on ourselves, but it's a really good muscle to practice. So same for me as well. Thank you so much for your time, man. I just wanted to say it's really impressive how mature you are. So... Um, I believe there's great things ahead of you because it seems like you have really good head on your shoulders and um, just appreciate you being honest and, and very open today. So thank you. Yeah, of course. It was fun. I appreciate you guys.
2: So Will, I really loved that episode. I wanted to ask you what was your biggest takeaway?
0: I really liked when he spoke about the roles in a relationship. I think like for me, when I think about intimate relationships, friendships, literally anything in life. I think one thing that sometimes I've gotten into the habit of doing is almost expecting someone to be like everything or almost perfect or something. But I think over time as I've matured and gotten easier on myself and also just picked up that habit that I've had, I think that like I've realized that it's just about playing to people's strengths. And I think that statement he made like really resonated with me in that sense. And that's how I sort of related it to something I've recently learned. So I think that's really important because, you know, when we consciously keep that in mind, what role is the other person playing? You know, what are their strengths? It helps us to be more conscious in the relationship and realize how we can communicate effectively or help that person in a certain way. So I think that's a really important point. Another thing that he said that I really liked was how he spoke about, you know, giving up your morals in a relationship. And I think it's easy in that sort of early days of, say, getting to know someone to like give more of yourself and sort of compromise uh, maybe a little bit too much. And so I really enjoyed that point that he made, too, because I think that's really important, especially when we're younger, like to always be holding on to your values as a person, no matter what relationship you enter no matter who the person is you're talking to, whether they're like someone you put on like a pedestal or someone that you almost look at like a little brother or something or something like that. I think it's important to always keep your values and morals the same. What do you think, Harrison?
2: I think my biggest thing that I realized from that conversation, and I kind of knew this already as well, was the compromise part. Like, no, you're not going to find someone who's like 100% perfect because everyone has their own flaws and their own issues that they're dealing with. But I think compromising to an extent that's not like an excuse, as Kyo said, for red flags, but compromising in like being understanding towards other people is really important. It's something that I took away from this because sometimes even for myself, I can be like, okay, I want this, 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 and this in a partner and put a lot of pressure on that. And by removing that pressure, I'm actually allowing myself to like have something better flourish in a sense. So I think that was a big thing that he said that I really resonated with and I really took away from this chat.
0: I really resonate with that because I think like I got into a habit of that. I think that I've come out of that. And I'm really glad that I've gotten out of that habit because yeah, nobody's like perfect. And I think it's important to recognize that with like, whether it's someone you're looking to date, be friends with, whatever, like, you know, nobody's perfect. And I think nobody's going to be the answer for your problems too. There is no saving grace for if you're feeling like maybe a little bit down on yourself or the way life's going. Getting like a partner or like a really potential, maybe best friend that you meet like that's not going to solve those things too. So I think keeping that in mind as well from what Kira said is important.
2: Yeah. And I want to say for everyone listening, there's like looking for a relationship and stuff as we spoke in the chat, like don't look for it, like wait for it to come. It'll always come at the right time when it's meant to be. And I think if you try and force something, it's never going to come in the right setting and for everyone listening today, I hope you're having an amazing day and you enjoyed this chat. Be sure to follow us on socials at Really Mental Podcast. We're going to have an amazing guest next week. It's a secret, but we'll be sure to let you guys know. And be sure to rate the podcast five stars and give us an amazing review.
0: We really appreciate you and hopefully you found this helpful because that's what we're doing it for. So make sure you keep track of our socials to see who's coming next week and uh, excited to see you then. Love you. Bye. Even when you lose all hope, you go deeper than you've gone. Hold on till you can't no more. to. Really
2: if you guys are struggling, Will and I aren't like professionals in this field. We're just telling our experiences through stories and kind of just sharing what we've been through. But if you are really struggling, we do highly suggest going to see a therapist and professional help because they will be the ones that can really help you in your situation.
0: Yeah, of course. Feel free to share your stories with us and DM us. We want to know what you're going through, but make sure you take the time to speak to a professional because that's going to give you the most help. That said, we hope that these stories and the people we've spoken to can really help you on your journey to finding that right person, whether it's a therapist or that friend to talk to about it, make sure you take the time to do that.